to welcome you back this morning. If you have your Bible, if you'll take it and turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, I believe the Lord has a great word for you. I hope that God will speak to your heart. I hope that if we can do anything in Family of Grace to help you on your journey, that you'll allow us to be a blessing in your life. Thank you, Brother Clyde. If you have your Bible today, if you'll take it and turn with us to the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews. 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews. We find our place there this morning. I want to speak to you on the subject of breaking free, running freely. What is it that God would have to do in your heart and your life today? The Bible says this in Hebrews 12, one of my favorite verses. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Therefore, since we have surrounded ourselves by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, circle that in your Bible, lay aside, Every weight and every sin that so easily ensnares us, circle that word ensnares, and run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured the cross, despised the shame sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Today, what a verse. What a verse to speak to our hearts and encourage us. There were so many actions in here. And the first thing that I want us to look at is that we just kind of go back and walk through it. I want you to jot down a couple of things about this verse. Number one, I want you to jot down this, my crowd. My crowd. Because the people who watch me run my race or live my life, my crowd is different than your crowd. It doesn't mean that we may not have some of the same crowd, but our crowds are two different crowds. Because the crowds that we do overlap in, they only overlap for a moment. And, matter of fact, the crowds that we overlap in normally see us at our strongest points. For instance, if your crowd that you overlap in is, is your faith family, then a lot of times we want to put on a strong front in our faith family. We, want, we don't want people to think that we're really struggling, that we're really broken. It amazes me how many times uh, there's this such of a false facade, false appearance in church, and people are frightened to mention the things that are going on in their family. In other words, they, they, they attend churches. They attend, they're part of a faith family that never in a million years do they trust their faith family to admit to their faith family that they just had a child who came in and said, Dad, our mom, I want to live a totally different lifestyle. They call it alternative, but a lifestyle of homosexuality. People don't have a faith family that, that they are willing to profess that in or to come in and say, you know what, my, my child is, is strung out on drugs. My, my child is strung out on, on crack cocaine or, or, or my, my child is, is just agnostic or my child is an atheist or, or, or my child is broken or, or my child is about to throw away the greatest potential in their life. And, and they're part of a, a crowd of witnesses that they, they, they have to pretend to be something that they're not. And today I want you to know, and especially if you're, if you're watching at home and, and the faith family that you're part of will not let you be real and they will not let you bleed on their carpet, 
and they will not let you be broken in their presence, then find you a new faith family. You don't have to come here. Find you a one that will let you be real. Find you one that can surround yourself. Surround yourself with people who are willing to go the distance. If you can't be who you really are, then you need to surround yourself with a different crowd. But then we surround ourselves with different crowds every day of the week. We go to the place where we work. We go to the place where we play. We go to the place where it's our hobby. It's our thing we do. And there's a different crowd of people there. So the first thing I want you to write down is, who is my crowd? And right there in your handout or something, just jot down some names of people that you surround yourself with. Now there's great debate among theologians, who is the crowd? Well, the crowd is either people that you surround yourself with every day or it could be someone, the people in the hall of faith. If you look at this contextually, he had just finished up going through the hall of faith in Hebrews 11, talking about those people who had made it there. And then he began to talk about at the end of uh, Hebrews 11, he says, and and, uh, time would fail to tell us of all the people who were great heroes of the faith. And so he could be talking about those people who are in heaven, who have already gone to heaven, and and they're there, and they're in the presence of the Father, and they're looking down from heaven, and they're cheering us on in our race of faith. Now, whichever one you decide to uh, unite yourself with, or both of them, the bottom line is that you're surrounded by people. You're surrounded by people. You're surrounded by people who are cheering you on and you are surrounded by people who are looking at you, who are observing you. I think one of the greatest quotes that I've ever heard Billy Graham make was he said, preach the word. And if you have to use words, preach the gospel. And if all else fails, use words. What was he saying? Let your lifestyle be a lifestyle that so bring honor and glory to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that you don't know what to do, you don't know where to turn, and you don't know that you just honor Him with everything. And that people see your life as a life that's honoring Him. The crowd. Who is your crowd? Well, the bottom line is that no matter who your crowd is and whose names are on your paper, there's a people around you. And not all of them are believers. Matter of fact, many of them wake up every day and they decide to to build their case against Christ. They look for reasons to not follow Christ. And they'll say things like this, if there was a God, how would he let this happen? My question to those people are, if there is the God, which there is, just think about all the bad stuff that he's kept from happening to you. We're only talking about one incident. Think about every day the things that he's protected us from. And so we're surrounded by this crowd of people, but then the writer of this, of this blessed book goes on even further, and he says, now, now there's your course. There's the, the crowd around you, but then there's your course. What is your course? <clears throat> well, when we think about racing, we just think about a circle that people run in. A track that they race around. Or a cross-country trail that is already predetermined and marked out. The The thing about the race of faith 
which is the race of life, it's not a predetermined course. It's not a race of running in circles. It's not a race that is predetermined with benchmarks along the way. It's not a race that all the hazards have been removed from the trail. If you're on a track and you're running a, 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 a track and you're going in a circle, whether you're running in a circle or, or no matter what you're doing, there's people who are guarding the track. They keep people from throwing things on the track. They keep people from, from engaging and they keep people, they protect the runners. Well, can I just tell you today that the course that you're running in in life is not a protected trap, a track. You do not live in a bubble. You are not a bubble girl. You are not a bubble boy. But we live in the real world where real things happen. We live in a real world where evil abounds. We live in a world where Satan is determined to overthrow and overrule and ruin everyone's life and everyone that he can come in contact with. You have this course of life. And your course is not protected. Matter of fact, I am so thankful, and I love this word, ensnares. Some translations use the word, let us lay aside the things that so easily besets us. Look, we're not talking about being beset. The literal Greek word right here means to be ensnared. The snare, the snare of the fowler, the snare of the trapper. You know, I can remember as a, as a young boy growing up, I, I remember, man, I'm, when I was a boy, coons were worth a lot of money. I mean, and they were, they were plentiful. So, man, me and my brother, we would go and we would trap coons and we would chase them down in the middle of the night and we would do all these things. But I remember going in those rice fields and, and we would take these traps and you would break them over and lay them out and you would place them in the pathway that that animal tra- traveled every day. It traveled every day. And you would lay it there and you would ensnare, you would snare it, you would, you would hide the trap so that the animal could not see the trap. And today, that's how it is in our lives. <clears throat> Satan is not going to set a trap for us and post a red flag that says, don't come this way, there's a trap right here. You know, you go down to the beach and they have red flags, yellow flags, green flags. That's not how life is. You watch NASCAR and they have a flag for the track. Every flag tells you to do something differently. Life doesn't have a flagman. Life doesn't have someone who's standing there waving a flag. But no, you're on the course of life. And on the course of life, you're surrounded by a crowd of people. And on that course of life, there's someone who doesn't like you. You say, well, it's my in-laws, it's my spouse, it's my children, it's my boss. Maybe so. But it's Satan. And he wants to ensnare you. He wants to lay a trap for you. He wants to trick you up and trip you. And he wants to give you a trick without any treat. And today on the course of your life, if you're not careful, you will be ensnared. But today you don't have to be ensnared because the writer of Hebrews says this. 
Therefore, you're surrounded by your crowd. Write that down, my crowd. You're surrounded by your course. Write that down, my course. Where does the course of life take you? I don't know. Maybe right there in your handout, you just want to write down. It takes me to Clico. It takes me to T&D. It takes me to Tractor Supply. It takes me to this school or whatever. But whatever that course of life is, write it down. And no, you go there and you go there and you go there and you go there. I remember not long ago I had an encounter at a, a uh, uh, trying to rent a vehicle. And everything was, I was on my way to the airport in New Orleans and had a little bit of time to get there. And as uh, you never know what kind of trap you're going to run into in, in uh, Baton Rouge. And so you always have to try to predict that, getting through Baton Rouge traffic. Can I get an amen? And so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm there and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go and, and they were supposed to have done something and I got there and they just hadn't done what they were supposed to have done and, and, uh, and, and the, the, the um, Ford place had taken care of the rental for me. I was standing there when they had done it and they said, hey, this is our pastor, put him in the biggest vehicle you have and, and uh, make sure he's squared away when he gets there. So I get there and, man, there's this long line of people. And so in between breaks and customers, I walk up to the counter and try to engage the person to get my vehicle. And, and uh, boy, I, he's like, you're just going to get to the back of the line. I'm like, I, I can't go to the back of the line. I go to the back of the line, I'm going to miss the flight. And uh, so I'm talking to him, and I, I just walk over. I walk over to the side, and I'm standing there. And he looks at me, and he says, aren't you their pastor? And I said, yes. He said, well, you need to show us a little bit of the fruit of the Spirit. I said, brother, I am showing you some fruit of the Spirit because right now I'm trying to restrain myself. I mean, my fruit of the Spirit was abounding because my fruit of the flesh was wanting to call a district manager. Can I get a witness? And so you got to always be careful because there's people watching you and, and there's people willing to call you out. Willing to call you out. I mean, that dude called me out in front of ten people. Yeah, it takes some fruit of the Spirit right there. People's always watching. There's always a course. There's always a plan of action for the devil to try to take you down. And he's not going to wave the flag and say, Oh, don't come this way. I have a little trap right here. There, you, know, you remember when we were children? I mean, one of the greatest cartoons on television was Sylvester and, and Tweety Bird. I mean, his whole life was to get that little bird. What about the roadrunner and Wiley Coyote? I mean, his whole job was to lay a trap, lay a trap, lay a trap, lay a trap. If I can just get that little bird, if I can just get that, that roadrunner, my life would be better. Can I just tell you that every day when you wake up, there's a force of darkness that's coming against you. They want to overrule you and overthrow you and destroy you. They want you to believe it's an alternative lifestyle. They want you to believe it's the freedom of choice. But I want you to understand something. It's the choice and the freedom to fail. When we take a pathway, it's not the pathway that God has laid out for us. The writer says, consider your course. Consider your crowd. But then you have to make your choice. In your handout, write down this. What is my choice? My choice. I, I can't make that choice for you. So many times I've wanted to make a choice. So many times I've wanted to take somebody and sit them down with a counselor and say, don't move till you get this worked out. So many times I've wanted to, 
to, to walk up to somebody. Matter of fact, we was in prayer meeting this morning and, and, and we was talking about a, a young girl and her family. Basically, I mean, a girl that's given it all for the kingdom. A girl that's, that's given it all for the cause of Christ and, and willing to dedicate her life to serving on the mission field. And she gets a, 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 a conversation with her, her dad this week that basically says, I've disowned you. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm cutting off all connections with you. You're no longer a part of the family. Can I just tell you that at that moment, I just want to just lay hands on somebody, not in a spiritual manner. You need some fruit of the Spirit. And so I'd like to drive up there and lay my hands on that dad and say, boy, what are you thinking? You've got one of the greatest daughters in all the world. So many times I've sat there with young children Tears rolling down their face saying, I just wish my daddy would come home. I wish my mom would come home. I wish she'd have something to do with me. I mean, yeah, we can't make that choice for people. If we would, I would make it. If we would, I would make it. I remember there's this guy. I met him in my first church, and he was under conviction 16 years ago. And he's still under conviction today. I don't know how long God's going to continue to deal with him. But I saw him in Walmart not long ago. And man, just when I saw him, just the Holy Spirit of conviction was there. And I looked at him and I called his name out. And I said, brother, I mean, we're in the middle of Walmart. I said, man, I love you so much. Please don't make me go to heaven without you. I mean, I would have zapped that dude into the kingdom years ago. If I could. But it's not my choice. It's his choice. And you got to choose, will I run the race weighted down? Will I run the race haphazardly, getting ensnared, becoming trapped up by the snare of the fowler, by the snare of the enemy? Or will I, will I every day lay aside every weight that so easily ensnares us? Will I run the race of faith with as least as possible? I mean, why in the world do people run track half naked? Because they... They, are, they take into account every ounce that they place on their body. Every ounce. So that they're not easily weighted down. The writer of Hebrews says here, what is your choice? What is your weight? What is your weight? Every runner has to make a decision. What will he run with? What shoes will he pick? What clothing will he wear or not wear? Because every ounce matters when you're running the faith. You have to ask yourself, what am I willing to not let go of? You know those secret places. I know a lot of times people are willing to let go of the big thing, let go of the big sin, let go of the big weight, let go of the public sin, but then they keep those others shoved down. They keep them weighted down. They keep them oppressed. And every day they pick them up and they run the race of faith. They run the life of faith. And they try to do it with all the weight of the world upon them. And today, what is your choice? What choice will you make? What will you carry? How will you run? What will your race look like? How much weight will you carry? <clears throat> One of the things that I've understood... of recently is the law of aviation 
You know, I mean, if you tell me you have a four-seater plane, then you ought to be able to fly four people. But you know it's not that way. He has to ask you how much does each passenger weigh? What time of the day will we be flying? Will it be summer or will it be winter? Because the, the air weight makes, the, the weight of the air around you, the thickness of the air, everything makes a difference when a plane is flying. And if you're not a good pilot and you don't calculate for those things, if you're not careful, your plane will crash and burn. And we as believers need to quit running the race of faith with everything weighting us down. But we need to cast it off. We need to make that decision to lay it aside. What is our choice that we would put it behind us and run forward looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? Yeah, there's your crowd that you're surrounded with. There's your course that you're running down. There's your choice. You get to pick which things you're going to take with you. We all know about this. Anytime you board an airplane, how much can I get in this little bag without having to pay the airline to check a big one? And you have to make decisions. What am I going to leave with? I guarantee you, especially you ladies, everybody travels with less clothes now. Amen. Why? You made a choice that I'm going to get it all in this bag. And then if you're checking a bag, you have to have a luggage scale because those bags can hold more than you want to pay for. And you have to weigh it, and there you are. I mean, every time we've ever taken a mission team out of country, it never fails. There we are moving things around. We, we, we prepare, we weigh it at the church and say, okay, can this fit in your suitcase? Can this fit in yours? How do we get all this stuff to the other country? And it never fails. Somebody doesn't weigh their bag. And there you are at the gate, at the teller, trying to get your bags in, and you're shifting stuff around with a whole line of people behind you. Why? Because you can only fly with so much weight. You can only fly in so much space. And I'm going to tell you today, on the authority of the Word of God, you can only have a victorious life by running your life, your race, your faith without the weight of the world upon your shoulders. Now, it doesn't mean the weight of the world won't come down on your shoulders. But when it does, you have a coach that you can look to. Every runner, every runner, has a coach. A team is only as successful as its coach. If you do not believe me, look at the New Orleans Saints. I mean, last year, if you were a Saints fan, you never would have thought that the coach would have made that much difference. But you see, it doesn't matter how good of an athlete you are. You've got to look to the sideline. You've got to look to the person who's been investing in your life. You've got to look to the person who's been discipling you as an athlete, been telling you how to run, been telling you what plays to play, been telling you when to hold back, when to pour the coal on, when to pour the heat on, when to give it your all, when to leave nothing left. You always look to that person on the sideline knowing that there's a coach, there's someone that's been investing in your life. In your handout, write this, my coach. Write their name. Who is it in the earthly realm that's investing in you? You ought to have several coaches. 
You are to have a coach for your spiritual life. You are to have a coach for your business life. You are to have a coach for your family life. We all have these people that we're looking to. Our coach, who is it? Paul says right here, here's who your coach is. Looking under your coach, looking under Jesus Christ, who is the author of the play. Who is the author of life? Who is the finisher of life? Who is the finisher of your play? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. How many of you want a coach who's never played the game? How many of you want a coach who understands nothing about what he's coaching you in? No, we all want someone who's very successful. Jesus Christ, in the course of life, is not coaching you through something he hasn't already lived. The writer of Hebrews says in chapter 4 earlier, who was tempted in all points, yet as we are. He knew what it was like to be surrounded and not be able to do anything wrong. He knew what it was like to not be able to do anything right. He knew what it was like to have them wave palm branches and lay down their garments for his little donkey to walk on. But then he also knew what it was like to have those same people turn around just one week later all in the same week, be ready to kill him and beat him within an inch of his life. He knew what it was like to be stripped down and publicly humiliated and hung upon a cross naked for all of the world to see. He knew what it was like to be abandoned by a father because at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when the sky turned black and got through the, the breaker switch on the portal of glory and turned off all the lights in outer space and all of a sudden at that moment when the father turned his back on the son not because he didn't love him because because God could not look upon sin and the Bible says that he made him who knew no sin to become sin that we might become the righteous children of God and at that moment in history I'm telling you you don't have a coach who had not been abandoned who had not been stricken and smitten and afflicted you have a coach who's gone the distance in Jesus Christ is you're in the process of laying aside every weight that so easily ensnares us. Sometimes that's a hard challenge. Sometimes you need someone to help you. If you do not have a coach to help you in your spiritual journey, a family of grace, it'd be our highest honor to be able to help you and partner with you, to be able to help perfect you as you're running forward in the faith that God has for you. If you let us be a blessing, it would be a great honor to us. Continue to stretch forward. And be all that God has intended for you to be. May the Lord richly bless you. Looking for child care? Visit College Camp located in the heart of Pineville. It is a licensed aid facility that has been in existence since 2008. For more information, call 318 484-2762 This ministry would not be possible At FCA, we're touching millions one heart at a time. Since 1954, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes has been putting the heart and soul in sports by challenging athletes and coaches to impact the world for Jesus Christ. As the largest sports ministry in the world, FCA now reaches over 2 million people annually on the professional, college, high school, junior high, and youth levels. Through this shared passion for athletics and faith, lives are changed one heart at a time. Learn more at fca.org.
Thank you for joining us today. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors that made this program possible. Bayou Shirts. At Bayou Shirts, we offer quick, friendly, quality service for all your t-shirt needs. Check us out today at BayouShirts.com for information on all the services we can provide. You can reach us at 318-308-3754. 